Unless otherwise indicated, all the names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents in these stories and audio narrations are either the product of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental. The stories and audio narrations are not intended as a substitute for the medical advice of physicians. The reader and or listener should consult a physician in matters related to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. Mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Zen medicine. I'm an intuitive tantric Reiki healer. I'm neither formally trained nor educated in being a tantra or Reiki healer. I'm just pretty plugged into the universe. And this is my calling, for better or for worse. How people find me? Well, there's word of mouth and divine timing. Here's my story. When everyone finally left, I sighed a huge breath out, realizing belatedly that I had been holding it. My close friend's love for me was lovely, but sometimes it made my skin crawl. Sometimes I envy those people who could so easily bask in the warmth and affections of others. Prior to coming to New York City some 10 years ago, I was a habitual loner. Although I've opened myself to the universe, allowing others into my life, it still ran deep within me. The loner who didn't know how to deal with free-flowing affection from friends and strangers. The fact that I've changed, that I now have a handful of close friends, surprises me every now and then on exactly how far I've come. It didn't take long to recognize that I felt strange. Aside from the steady beating of the heart monitor and the eerie sounds of the hospital movements, I was alone in the small sterile room. I looked around and saw nothing unusual, felt nothing unusual, heard nothing unusual, but I should be dead. So that one fact alone was extraordinarily unusual. Henry? Howard? I called out into the ether in my eyes, scanning the room. Where are you guys? But there was no response. It eventually dawned on me that my spidey senses were relatively calm in the quiet of the hospital room. Usually they would be on overdrive because of all the wandering ghosts and spirits that haunted these places. Where were they? In my mind's eye, I saw Dr. Ambrose's eerily calm face, his dark eyes shining with an unnatural light, just before he pulled the trigger and shot me directly into the heart four times, shattered my heart and I didn't feel a thing thanks to Henry. And again, my appreciation to him that he healed me whole, right as rain. Life would have been just fine except for the fact that my mind was in complete shambles. I don't know how long I was lost in my thoughts, but the slight movement by the open door caught my attention. Turning, I narrowed my eyes at the man who stood just outside the threshold. He wore a form-fitting dark blue Brooks Brothers suit. His hair was more white than black, swept back in a slightly unkept style which told me right there that it was salon bought rather than a simple sweep of his own brush. He looked a bit like Richard Gere in Pretty Woman. With my intuitive senses being muted, 
I couldn't get a sense of this guy, but I highly doubted he was a medical professional. Visiting hours are over, I said as I fingered the call button in my left hand. And if you don't leave right now, I'm calling the nurse. I'm Lane Kent, he said simply, his silver eyes on me. I scoffed immediately, remaining silent, my lips twisting ruefully, my eyes rolling. I see you recognize my name at least he said after a moment. I have a way of attracting famous reporters left and right. The fact that I had an Edward R. Murrow recipient reporter standing in my doorway left me speechless. Never figure you to be an ambulance chaser, I said as I held his steady gaze. He shook his head, taking no offense at all with my snippy tone. Never needed to be one. And I'm also one to never pass up a chance to meet someone who somehow survives a point-blank shooting completely unscathed. Great. I thought as my eyes rolled again. Too bad I don't give a shit who you are, I said just as the night nurse appeared by his side, her frown taking up most of her face. Visiting hours are over, sir, the nurse said as she put herself between the man and me. Don't make me have to call security. Note to self, donate to the nurse's fund at the end of the year. Love this lady. The man looked at her with annoyance, and she stepped towards him with her arms stretched out to her sides, blocking the door. He took a step back. Do you know who I am? He demanded in a hard voice. I called out just as the nurse responded. Don't give a shit. The nurse continued. Security, he's right here. I turned my gaze away when a noisy shoving scuffle ensued. My hero nurse had been nice enough to close the door when it got started, leaving me to witness nothing. Making an executive decision, I promptly shoved aside the bedsheet, then swinging my legs off the bed I made my way to the drawers in search of my clothes. I found my slacks and ankle boots, but I didn't have a shirt or a bra, which made sense, since the blood and bullets would have ruined it. But what was I going to do without a shirt? At that moment, the night nurse came in, stopping short in surprise. Did you need help with something? She asked as she looked at me with concern. Security got rid of that guy. Well, that's nice, I responded thoughtfully. Don't suppose you can help me find a t-shirt so I can go home? Go home, she repeated, her brows knitting together. The doctor didn't mention you're going to be discharged tonight. I turned to look at her fully square in the face. I'm fine, alive and kicking. There's no reason for me to be here and I'm going home. I'll need to get the doctor, she retorted as she turned on her heels and left the room. The last thing I wanted to do was leave wearing a hospital gown, but it looked like that was my only option. I had pulled on my stained jeans and was in the middle of shoving my feet into my black ankle boots when the nurse and doctor showed up. So what's going on? He asked as he walked into the room, his hands in his white coat pockets. What's this I hear that you want to leave? I straightened, hand combing my knotty hair. Then spying his Mont Blanc pen in his shirt pocket, I asked, Mind if I use your pen? With a frown, he handed it to me and I promptly whipped my long hair up into a bun and stuck the pen into it. Um, I'm going to need my pen back, he said as his eyes darted between his pen and my hair to my face. Only if you discharge me right now, I countered, putting my hands on my hips. I want to leave now, please. We really should have you stay for observation, he said slowly, as if he was trying to come up with something to keep me overnight. For what? I snapped, my eyes sharp on his. I was the almost victim of a murder, but I'm not injured, and the man is dead, so you can't keep me here. The police, he said, but I cut him off, was already here, and I answered their questions. They have my address. If they have additional questions, they know where I live. Do you have a top I can use? Because... If you don't, I'm just going to walk out of this hospital in this gown. He seemed to be debating with himself as he said nothing, and the thoughts were flying in his eyes. Then he sighed out heavily. Give me back my pen, and I'll loan you a shirt. I snatched the pen out of my hair, letting it fall loose around my shoulders. Deal. 
sitting in the back of a taxi wearing a worn gray NYU sweatshirt. I sighed as I settled into the dark corner of the seat, watching the New York City streets go by, but not seeing them, so lost in my thoughts. Grabbing my phone, I sent a text to the parking garage. Then I sent a group text to my four closest friends who loved me. Leaving town for a while, would appreciate it if someone could water my plants and keep an eye on my place. The responses were almost immediate. Dean, are you okay? What happened? Keegan, Z, did you need help? I can be at the hospital in 15 minutes. Marla, where are you going? Ava, leaving? Now? But I just text back. Love you guys. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you when I get back. Going to see family. And I powered down my cell phone. After a few moments, the taxi dropped me off at an open-air parking lot that sat in the corner of a dead-end street in Tribeca. It had cars parked in neat, tight rows at street level, but their appeal was along the adjacent wall of a building. Horizontal and vertical parking rows that ran three rows up and nine cars deep. I had no idea how they had stacked my car on the third row without a scratch. It wasn't often that I needed to use the vehicle, given that everything was literally either a walk or train ride away. And because of the infrequency of use, the garage charged a deeply discounted price for me. Sliding behind the car of my turtle green Volkswagen Beetle, I sighed deeply as I closed my eyes and opened my heart. It had been years since I reached out to Lady. And I was reaching out to her with my mind, knowing that she would always be listening for my energy. After a few moments, I felt a light brush of awareness in my mind, like the wings of a butterfly. Can I come and stay with you for a while? I silently asked, my hands over my heart. When I felt the answer, I centered my heartfelt gratitude and thought, Where are you? Would appreciate your guidance. And as the vision of the Catskill Mountains came into my third eye, I smiled, thanking her. Although it's been over a decade since I last visited Lady Adderman, she was only a thought away. She was one of the strongest intuitives that I knew. Tapped into her gifts from birth, Lady was a mystical channel that bridged the energies between the universe and Mother Earth. Specifically, she was a Palladian channeler and healer. In my soul star family through the ages, Lady was my soul auntie. And in this incarnation, although we weren't blood related, she was still my auntie. Yeah, it gets confusing sometimes, even for me. With the night sky and shining stars for company, the miles flew as I instinctively navigated the car from city highway to mountain road. The shift in the energy around and within me was gradual as I journeyed further away from the urban setting. If Marla was here, she would have picked up on the feng shui energy shift and would have been ecstatic. From the time she was born, Lady always knew who and what she was. She didn't have the same mortal struggle as the rest of us who fought to be normal to fit in. When I was younger, she had told me stories about her past, but back then I was drowning in my own drama that I didn't truly appreciate her stories. She operated an ultra-exclusive yoga spa resort that catered to particular needs and was only open to referrals. There was no marketing or advertising for her spa, all just word of mouth. She was a living, breathing prime example of manifestation at work. The full moon, brilliantly white, shone high overhead when I finally arrived at the quiet resort. As I turned off the engine, I sat there for a moment, marveling at Mother Moon, her silent energy, cleansing, soothing. I tuned into her energy and felt a calling within my heart to meet her. Exiting the car, I stepped onto a trail that led away from the parking lot, my steps taking me deeper into the forest. Heeding the calls that echoed in my damaged heart, I walked and walked until I came to a slight clearing. I stood at the outskirts my eyes well adjusted to the dark. In the center of that small clearing was a moonlit patch of grass that called out to me. 
beckoning me. Stepping forward, I settle down on the patch of grass and moonlight and breathe in the fresh night air. And closing my eyes, I surrender to the night, the moon, and Mother Earth. I slowly shed the fears, the hinderings that clung to my shattered heart, that clouded my scattered thoughts, slowly exhaled them all out of my tired body. The moon and night air were medicine that seeped into me minute by minute, breath by breath. The hooting of a night owl began to echo in the quiet forest. With all my senses opened, I felt the spirits and the night creatures stirring in communion with me. I inhaled the clean, healing night air with each breath and exhaled the fear and doubt out of my cells. When my mind and heart finally began to beat in tandem, I went within so completely that I neither felt the night air or heard the sounds of the forest. I felt as if I had finally come home. Ultimately, what prompted me to come here to see Lady was the need for answers, to make sense of what happened, and the big why. Why could I no longer see Henry or Howard? Why were my gifts muted? They could never be gone because we're all born with these inherent gifts. I wasn't worried about that. What lesson was it that I needed to learn? In my current muted and scattered state, I couldn't wrap my hands around anything. I just wanted to get back to myself. In such deep meditation, time meant nothing. Time and space wrapped themselves around me as I sat in the middle of that moonlit clearing, as I cleansed and healed from the land and space. When the calm finally settled deep, in my heart, I stirred from my seat. Then, sending thanks and gratitude to the moon and land, I slowly stood and stretched my stiff body. I felt quite mentally awake as my second wind took hold of me. Are you ready for me, my love? Her soft voice floated out to me from the outskirts of the clearing, her body standing within the shadows of the night. But despite the darkness, I could still see her eyes shining with light and love. Her arctic blue eyes penetrated in the most intrusive, invasive way that quickly made an average person cringe or get provoked. Her look made you feel as if she saw through your face, the entire facade, and was able to read not only your most intimate thoughts, but also see the deepest darkest secrets that you'd harbored in your heart, either consciously or unconsciously, which she could, all the above, because among her gifts, she was also an incredible telepath. After a few moments, her head of long, white blonde hair began to slowly shake in heartfelt sympathy. Oh my darling, that was it, I'm afraid. Her warmth and love wrapped around me tenderly as I gave in to the turmoil that had been warring within me the moment the bullets shattered my physical heart. Stepping into her outstretched arms, I wrapped my own around her slim waist and wept. Diary Entry 1085 Music credit by Kogan Audio Sound credit by zacksplat.com Story created, written, and narrated by Z.E. Lian. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider supporting us by subscribing on Apple iTunes and leaving us a 5-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly appreciated. Follow the continuing story of Zen Medicine on Medium.com.